And here we are. Welcome to Race House with Darren and Joe. Uh, it is Dutch Grand Prix weekend, and we're really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a wet one, Darren. Joe, seeing the weather forecast, mate, it's not looking good. And here in the UK today, it's not good either, mate. So, mm. uh, But it's going to make for great, great entertainment and great racing this weekend. But this is, I love these kind of races when it's wet because you get the, the guys further down the field, they have a chance to, to actually get some podium places now. The McLarens, the Ferraris, when their strategy is on form. But certainly I think Aston and McLaren might be able to pick up some points here. Well, buddy, McLaren have been phenomenal the last four races, coming mm. from where they've come from, from nowhere at the start of the season. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually, fingers crossed, that at some point somebody is actually going to beat Max. But who it's going to be, I'd love to see it be McLaren. I'd love to see it be mm. Alonso with Aston Martin. Can you imagine McLaren winning at the Dutch Grand Prix? I mean, it's orange, it's papaya, it fits, but... <laughs> I mean, if it's not Max, there's going to be a riot. I mean, but can anyone beat Max? I mean, um, you know, the car is still so fast, but people are closing in, I think. Okay, well, the, as Brits, you know, we're always going to follow the Brits as, as much yeah. as Formula One fans. I've actually got a theory on this. I've, Of course, I want to see somebody beat Max. Of course, I want to see another team win. But actually, we're getting to this point where it just seems impossible for that to happen. And in years gone by, and season, so when McLaren in 1988 won, was it 15 out of 16 races or something? Yeah. Um, you know, somebody's always been. If Red Bull win every single race this season, we're going to see history. Now, are we going to? And look who was that in the 80s? Was that Senna? Well, S S Senna and Prost for uh, racing for McLaren, oh, but Ferrari okay. won one race. Wow. Yeah. So answers on a postcard. Whoever that yeah. was, let us, let us know who that was. Yeah. For uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wow. um, I'm going to go. Gerhard Berger is my guess. But uh, okay, that's a good guess. Yeah. Put some money on so so uh, so yeah. I there's a bit of me now that actually wants to see history being made and see Red Bull win every single race. Um, there's also a massive part of me that desperately wants to see Red Bull being overthrown and ideally on pace and race pace but i think it's going to be unpredictability and with rain this weekend on a really windy circuit in the sand dunes um there's a chance there's a chance there's a chance i mean talking about on the sand dunes i mean you've been to zanfort um you've seen it you you know it's a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare to get in and out is that Right. How do you well, get in to the place? Well, it, well, it's right on the beach, uh, and because it's literally built into the sand dunes, it's so tight you can't take your cars in there. There's no space for parking. So not like Silverstone where it's really open. So you, you end up having to park a good mile away, if not two, when you're working there. So as a fan to go there, mm. I'd say stay at, you know, just just get public transport in. So we we park up, and then it's about a mile walk down the beach. And on a sunny day, mate, it, it, it was just... Well, when I was there two years ago, it was just glorious. And, uh, you know, have a little ice cream on the beach, go and watch a bit of Formula One, and uh, well, happy days. Happy days, but the forecast does look... I mean, on the weekend, it looks like thunder and lightning and heavy rain at the moment. Oh. Um, so no sandcastles on the beach, I fear, but and there's beach clubs all the way down that front, isn't there? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're going to be taking a hit as well, which is a real shame. Um, yeah, it, it makes such it's just so different to any other race. And having not been at Zandvoort for so many years up until 2021, 
Um, I, I hope it stays on the calendar for decades, Billy. It's, it's so different to any other track. Well, the, the banked uh, corners are uh, insane as well. Tell us more about that. So, um, so where where I was was on turn one, where we had Paddock Club uh, two years ago. It'll be there again. Um, on Tiger Corner, which is slightly banked. Then you go round to turn three, which is a left-hander, which is much more banked, quite a slow corner. And then the last corner is it's like an oval circuit, really. It sweeps right round at full speed. So, you know, to see those cars banked at top speed, you don't really see it in Formula One. You see it in IndyCar in the oval circles. But, to, again, it's just it makes it unique for Formula Turkey, One. Turkey has a banked uh, corner, doesn't it? When was the last time there was a race in Turkey? Yeah, but there there had been uh, until a few years ago. But I'm going um, to be honest with you, I can't remember. So you've got me on that one. So I'm I'm going to have to look that one up. I think I it's quite that... a long sweeping bank, from what I remember. Right. right. Well, I, I need to see that. And of course, when they were racing in, in Indianapolis, you know, they had the inner circuit, which was like a you know like a normal Formula One track. But then they used the you know two of the corners, well, one of the corners yeah. as uh, as the final corner. Um, I'm going to check out Turkey because you've got me on that one. Um, but I may be wrong, thing, but I remember seeing it. I think so. Well, Maybe. I think I think they were working on a track in India as well, and I think they were looking at banking for that. But uh, yeah, that's something to look up, mate. That's the point of why we're here is to learn more. It'd be great to add them all back to the calendar. We end up with 35 races. I mean, <laughs> there are so many tracks out there. I mean, people don't know that Dubai has a, uh, I think, is it a grade one? They call it a grade a grade one track, um, which is suitable for Formula One. But Abu Dhabi kind of got there first, I think, so that's why it's in Abu Dhabi. Um, but yeah, no, it's looking for. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, the Dutch race again and seeing what happens. Hopefully, I, I like the rain. I mean, I don't like it as much as well the time that you were in Spa when you saw like two laps uh, because uh, it was torrential. But yeah. and and it's not it's not fun for the fans when you're out there in the grandstands pouring rain it's not fun is it you got nowhere to go really and it's, it, it's actually terrible mate i'll be honest with you like mm. lots of the grandstands have uh covers on so if you've got a covered grandstand great um lots of them don't as well or if you're just stood on the banked grass with a general admission ticket mm. really you've just got umbrellas and you hide and you go for it but you're watching formula one well, I, I always think of the fans at Spa because you see them on the bank like this, and they are just like the hardcore. I mean, they're sitting there in torrential rain. They're absolute diehard heroes, and I think that's just shows the passion. And that's you know we're so passionate about it, and we've been to, to tons of races, and we've worked at tons of races, which has been great. Um, talking of working at races, um, someone, two people with more time at Formula One. Uh, the Haas drivers, um, it's just been announced today that Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen have re-signed for 2024 with Haas. Um, no room for rookies, it seems. Well, um, first of all, t talking about K-Mag, um, I think mm. he came in last season and made Mick Schumacher look, quite frankly, a, quite average, you know, having, yeah. um, having had Mazepin the previous season. Um, but the Hulk has come in and made K-Mag look a bit average. So I think this is the best mm. driver lineup Haas have had to date since they started. He's hungry. He's hungry for it. That hunger that K-Mag yeah. had, Nico's got it now. I know. And, and... I think we're seeing it with Daniel as well at um, AlphaTauri. 
uh, coming mm. in. I feel sorry for Nick DeVries that he's not going to get to do his home race. But at the end of the day, oh, yes. you've, you've got to perform, you know. And mm. um, DeVries came in as a formula, former Formula 3. What am I talking about? Formula, Formula E champion. Yes. Uh, and so I think that's why he wasn't given as much time as, let's say, some of the other rookies over the years. But of course, we've got Piastri in there this season and what a great job he's doing. You've got Sargent in there as well, but there are question marks over Sargent. I mean, look, yeah. I think it'd be nice to have give them more time to bed in, but it is, at the end of the day, this is it's a business as much as sport and entertainment. And these teams, they need points. They need... Yeah. Because um, they get money for every point they get, they get bonuses, they get prize money. Um, it, they can't just keep sinking money into it, this. It is a results pit. business, and the only way you're going to get good sponsors is to be successful. And, and sponsorships mm. a huge part of it as well. Um, but uh, to make it work, to make the cogs go round, to create the entertainment for it, you know, for us to all watch it on TV and go to. You know, but the TV coverage is so good as well. You know now. Well, yeah, we watch it on a variety of formats. I guess. I mean, um, we we are partial to Sky. We do love the Sky uh, report because it's just so comprehensive because of the yeah. deal they have. Um, the red button is amazing. You know, this is not an advert for Sky Sports uh, F1, <laughs> but um, we, uh, we, Channel Four and also other broadcasters do have great coverage. Um, but uh, no, the, the red button you can really get intimate, uh, really get up, up up and close with the drivers as well as the actual race itself. I've um, actually not tried it yet, Joe. I've, I've, I've just love I love just watching everything going on, and I worry if I just have it on the red button in Hamilton's car, let's say, or Max's car, um, I'm going to miss something because it's not about who's going to win the race. It's it's ten different teams and twenty drivers all battling it out in amongst yeah. themselves. You know, we know everybody's going to go to Zandvoort expecting Max to win, and I'll be shocked if he doesn't. But it, it really is about the inter-team battles and the, the championship battles. and the, Well, the midfield the is so interesting because yeah. it really, I mean, Ferrari, they kind of drift in and out of that, you know, and you've got McLaren, Aston and Ferrari. But then you've got like sometimes Williams will come up and like take a little bite or something or Haas will. Um, and, you could arguably yeah. say Al- Albon in that Williams this year is possibly driver of the season to to do what he's yes. doing in that Williams. It's true. And that could also, you know, mark him for greater things, certainly. You know, he's around the same age as Lando and George, I think, uh, yeah. George Russell. Um, so potentially he could be, you know, I don't know where he could go. He could be a McLaren driver. He could be any driver, really. Well, he's but, obviously been in Red Bull already and it was too early for his development and got dropped again and arguments of, you know, not having enough time to, to bed mm-hmm. in. But uh, but I, I, I think he's got a long, potentially good Formula One career now and in a car mm-hmm. where he can show his skill in, a, in an average car. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It comes back to money and what they can spend and... Um... You know, everyone says, oh, if I was in a fast car, I could do that. I mean, look at Lewis. I mean, it's not going to be a season. He's not going to win the championship this year. Uh, I think probably Max, unless there are no catastrophes, you know, um, Max is probably on course to win this one. Um, Lewis hasn't signed his contract yet. Um, There have been talks about 
ambassadorships and things and 10-year deals and things. If he does an Alonso, then he's got another good five years in him. Does he still have the hunger? Does he, you know, does he think he can get one more championship out of those years if that is his plan? Well, I think we all know, and he's not going to get a Red Bull drive, although it'd be amazing to have a season of Max versus Lewis in the same car. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I I don't see him going to Ferrari. The only possible change that could happen, depending on what happens over the next 12 months, is what about McLaren? What if they did a swap deal for Lando and Lewis? You know? That is really interesting. A swap deal of Lando and Lewis... Yeah, Watch I mean, space. <laughs> you get yeah, you called it. That's brilliant because yeah, Lewis will go back to his former alma mater, um, and Lando gets a, a shot of being in you know in a very successful team. Um, he would fit the profile. You've got George as well, you know, a similar age. It could be a re- because Lando. I don't know what when his deal is up, um, but certainly he's going to be courted by all of them. I mean, yeah. I think even Red Bull. He could go. He could go to Ferrari. He could go to. I mean, he's good friends with Signs, so I'm sure. Yeah, Ferrari seems a bit a bit of a poison chalice, though. You know, it's kind it's, of like it's so it's so frustrating because they are yeah. such an amazing team. And as 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 you've said to me before, every Formula One driver wants to drive for Ferrari. But it's a bucket list know, thing. It's like, hey, you know, I did that in my career. Vettel did it. Alonso did it. You know. Yeah, and you know, Raikkonen was there and luckily won the took the championship off of Hamilton in two thousand and seven. A rookie yeah. champion, that's what we need. You know, we're so close to it. So close to it then. Um but, but Ferrari really without Michael yeah. Schumacher. Never done it. Well, there's a lot of hope for Charles Leclerc last year, especially at the start of the season, but they just there were some really big mistakes. I mean, look, you know, now they've got Fred Busser in charge. It's less, there are less clumsy mistakes being made, I think, than when Bonotti was there. But we're not seeing the magic. We're not seeing the times. Sometimes they're up there, but they, they just get things wrong. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what is going on over there. To a certain extent, you could say maybe it's complacency because they're like, oh, we're Ferrari. You know, we do it our way. Whereas Red Bull and Mercedes, I think, are not, they're, they're very willing to just tear everything up and start again. Um, yeah. That's that's what I get from it. And I think maybe, are Ferrari stuck in their ways? Is that is that something well, that's holding them know, back? As you said, they've got Frank Besser now, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm mates with him now because I've got a selfie with him just by the yacht in Monaco earlier this year. We're going to um, put so... that selfie on here now. Uh, yes. So here, this is the <laughs> selfie. So uh, there's you and Fred. Amazing. And, wow. And, uh, yeah, but, but the thing is, there's, we're just not seeing any difference at all, really, within the team, mm. within the strategy, within the results. We, they had a great start to the season, but they never developed in 2022. And Charles is arguably the fastest driver over one lap, you know, arguably better than Max. But that Ferrari is just not developing at all, uh, you know, compared yeah. to other cars. But there is, you know, there is the dream of every driver to, you know, to, to race for Ferrari. I'd do it. You'd do it. But uh, but I don't see I don't see it changing. I don't feel. Is... Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but it's, it's the dream now. I'd love to drive for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Is that what the drivers on the grid must be thinking? Because think they seem the to have it lit. Yet. 
They definitely have, but the, the history isn't there for that team like a team like Ferrari. Mercedes has it a little bit because they raced in the 50s as the Silver Arrows. Um, but do, you know, do they McLaren, care about that? Come on, do they really care you know about what? that? I think you're right. I think they literally look forward. and the hi- They want to lift a trophy. Yeah. yeah, correct. I mean, look yeah, at yeah, Williams. Yeah. Williams dominated for years. I mean, but come on, would you want to go to Williams no. now? I mean, it's completely changed. I think the only team is Ferrari that has that nostalgia. But ultimately, every driver wants to have a, Ferra- a, a, a Red Bull seat, but you're never going to get it with Max in it. My question would be to you is, is Max going to see out his contract till 2028 or is he going to get bored? I think he's getting bored already. He's already hinted in interviews that, you know, yeah, the money's good and the lifestyle's great and he enjoys what he does. But he's kind of he's become world champion now, twice. Yep. Um, he'll probably do it three times this year, um, especially when the FI keep changing and moving the goalposts. Um, he's like, well, they're just kind of out to get me, and it's kind of like a lot of the complaints that Lewis had. But um, I don't know. I, it's like anything. All of us out here, whatever line of work you do, you know, we're musicians. Sometimes you know you're doing the gig and you're like okay, I've done this one before kind of thing and I need to change it. I need something to refresh. Um, so I think that's a natural thing, whether you're a racing driver or a musician or a bricklayer, you know, you need a change. Um, especially when you have kind of the cheat code mode on and uh, you're just winning every race. Well, yes, that's boring because you're poodling home. There's no jostling. There's no battling. You're not using your skills. Um, it's like watching Top Gun Maverick and, you know, the other planes just aren't as fast and he manages just to blow everyone out the sky. Mm. It's kind of a bit boring. Um, so I don't know. I mean, look, he's set up. He's got plenty of money. Um, he seems to be enjoying his family life. And, um, you know, he, he's done what he wanted to set out to do. Whether or not he wants to get the eight titles, that's probably a goal that he could attain. Yeah. You know, um, Vettel did really well. I mean, how many... Was it four or five championships Vettel got? Vettel got four. Four, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so st- I think everybody, though, still arguably says Senna was the best driver ever, and because it, his career was cut short, um, he got three. Um, Prost is on four, and then you've got um, Schumacher and Hamilton on seven. But, uh, you know, if, if, if Verstappen stays with it, of course he can do it. But with the, all the big rule changes next happening in 2026... You know, he's arguably got this year, next year, and 2025 to get that fifth championship to get in there. Um, mm. You know, but, uh, you know, we, we, we look at this dominating driver world, you know, in Red Bull at the moment, with where, where they don't have two great drivers in one team. You have your your main driver, like Verstappen, and... You know, their, their teammates just don't come anywhere close. You know, how about putting Lance Stroll in a in a Red Bull to see how he does? Um, well, look, we say that that the the co-driver is. I mean, Perez is second in the in the driver standings as we stand. He's second. And... I mean, and Alonso third, Hamilton fourth. Um, you know, Alonso above Hamilton. Like, what is going on here? Um, yeah. Incredible. And we look down the field, Daniel Ricciardo, zero. Yeah. Um, that is, that's what I'm interested in this season, is that, like, is Daniel 
going to be able to get some points and keep his seat because he's all very well getting rid of Nick DeVries. But, you know, well, are you going to perform, you know? Of course. What Daniel does bring is character and joy. We, you know, we love our heroes and villains in, in, uh, in anything, you know. And I'd say Alonso's always been a villain, but Daniel has always been the smiley, cheeky, happy-go-lucky comedian of Formula One. So I love the fact he's back. But, of course, being in the AlphaTauri team, which is struggling, um, and I, th- I think the other problem is we've got Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari. Let's arguably say top three teams with McLaren and Aston Martin now really getting in amongst it, well, there's your 10 cars. Where are the points coming from? Mm. I don't, this is the mm. problem we've got now, is we've got five really, really advancing teams. And so your other five teams are only going to pick up the scraps where one of those has a DNF or a crash. Well, it is the same thing. Well, and do you know what? We have talked so much uh, about teams. We've not mentioned Alpine once. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. Which is, I forgot about Alpine. And I think it's because, well, you've got two French drivers now. It's a French outfit. Um, but it hasn't really translated to much success. Ocon has done well. He's had moments of brilliance, I think. Yes. Um, well, I... I've always been a big Otmar Southner fan, having seen him being interviewed in Paddock Club at Silverstone and having actually spoken to him on, a, on one of our pit lane walks, Joe. You know, mm. I, I've loved the guy. But he left Racing Point once it became Aston Martin and moved to Alpine, and it's just not happened for him. And for him to be essentially sacked at the last Grand Prix, mm. um, I was shocked at that, really disappointed and Alan Pomain that's been at the, there for 30 years as well. So Alpine, I think, are in turmoil. But, of course, they've just been a major sh- stake of it. has been bought out by Ryan Reynolds, bringing sort of Hollywood and that Netflix mm. world even more into Formula One. I, I don't know. Yeah, all right, I like Ryan Reynolds and his movies, but I don't know if this is where this is going, really, especially with a team like Alpine. I love the Wrexham effect. Um, this summer, actually, on my way to Liverpool, I went to Wrexham and checked out the ground. It was all closed up, but I, I look and uh, looked into the pub there. Um, mm-hmm. What it does, it brings eyeballs and it brings new fans. So they're going to sell more shirts, more caps. Um, you know, they will get more fans. Jeremy Clarkson is kind of now a bit of a de facto fan of Alpine because they're based right. at the Cotswolds down the road from his farm. Um, and... You know, so there is that media as well, but does it translate to performance on the track? Well, look, if you can get more money from selling more stuff, then yes, then you can put it into the car. But I think you might end up with more distractions because if there's another documentary going on, you know, with the Alpine guys, I'm I'm not a big fan of these distractions for the drivers, Mm -hmm. making them do silly games on social media and all this kind of stuff because – the time is taken up by all this stuff, but they need to focus and get on with the actual racing. And that's the well, difference between the fans who love the racing and the fans who come in through the, the media, net, you know, so, uh, drug to survive and social media stuff. So it's, it's probably two camps. It's pretty unfair to have a go at that side, but I think it might be a distraction for those guys. 
Well, I, I've loved, first of all, Drive to Survive. I've loved watching the series now. We've, what, we've had five series of it so far. Um, mm. I think it's been brilliant. And both you and I, Joe, have watched them filming it as well in, in the paddock and, yep. uh, and so on. But it's gone to another level now with Ryan Reynolds, but it's also gone to another level because at Silverstone, there was Brad Pitt driving a Formula One car at the back of the grid. Yes. And, and, you know, and the pit garages in the pit lane. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm there as a, you know, loving watching all this happen. You know, you're on a movie set. You're at a Formula yeah. One track. You're, at, yeah. you're seeing, it, like, what it, it's, I don't know what's going on, but I worry like you that at what point does it crack? Um, and the sport that I've loved and mm. watched, I've not missed a race since 1986 to sit and watch. Um, and I loved it then. I've loved it. I love it now. It's bigger than it's ever been. It has its dips, peaks and troughs, like everything. Um, but but it, it it's it's gone stratospheric, and at some point it's got to be a distraction. But but going back to Alpine, they're just not doing what they promised. A hundred race plan. Well, they've got to scrap that hundred race plan and uh, really sort of knuckle down to having a, a one race plan. <laughs> Uh, at the moment because yeah. they're, they're just not where they should be and actually Ocon and Gasly for me is another great driver lineup um, that are equal equal I suppose in you know there are yeah. a few uh, you know Land, Lando and Piastri that's equal um, arguably Hamilton and Russell you know there's not much between them with timings compared to um, what we say about the, the, the world champions not wanting a competitive uh, team partner like like Verstappen and Perez I think the big question here is that actually you've not missed a race since 1986 have you watched every single race since then yeah so not all of them live but if I'm there's been a time where I've been on an aeroplane um, or on stage where I've not been able to watch it live so I will literally watch it uh, as soon as I possibly can avoid all media and watch it as live. But I've and avoid me recently. Yes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> do not WhatsApp me, Joe. Whatever you do. Yeah. But I can. But I know in that Abu Dhabi 2021, of which you were there, I was uh, actually um, doing pantomime in pool in Dorset, and mm. I sat and watched the first half of the race live, and then we had to go and do a show, and came back and of course sat and watched the rest of it afterwards and what unfolded but of course so didn't see it live but i did miss what happened i did nobody told me but i watched it oh that's an good hour and a half like yes yeah. yeah thank god by the time uh, you watched you know. it i was still crying on the way home i guess uh oh, yeah man. but but like you it comes and it's funny because yeah mclaren is just down the road here in woking uh near where i'm, I'm from but like you, I've always actually supported the British drivers. So, yeah. you know, if they went to Alfa Romeo, you know, I would probably end up supporting Alfa Romeo. So that's an interesting question, you know, for everyone watching. Do you support the team or do you support the drivers? And like a football player, when they defect from Chelsea to Man City or something, do you bother the team? Well, no, you stay with your team, don't you? And you kind of expel the player. You're like, oh, OK, see you later, you traitor. But the Formula One, I think it's quite different. You can have two or three teams that you support. Yeah, definitely. For me, Williams and Mansell, when I started watching it, and he, mm. uh, he, he came to Williams. And then, of course, Damon Hill won his championship in 96 with Williams. So it was Williams for me all the way. 
uh, and not McLaren at all. But then when David Coulthard, as a Scot, I'm not a Scot, but he's still British, um, he, I started to warm to them a little bit away from the Senna Prost era. And, um, and then, of course, Hamilton. So McLaren and Williams, I have such a soft spot for because of the 80s and 90s and mm. 2000s. Uh, so now we're, where we've had Mercedes come in with Hamilton, you then warm to that as well. Now we've got Norris back at um, McLaren as well. I'm warming to that. So I wonder what I'd be like with Red Bull if we had a British driver in there. Not, not that I can see it happening. Um, Mansell at Ferrari for a season, uh, you know. So I definitely follow the drivers for sure. And then when they've been at, been at a team, I then have a warmth for that team. That's how I, I think that's a really sure good way to put it. I think, yeah, everyone is different. Some people are diehard supporters of one team. Um, but I think it's the driver. People like the drivers. And it's certainly now more with the age of social media and podcasts and all the media stuff. They've become real stars and even bigger than they were. Um, I should put a shout out to Jensen Button as well, who was at McLaren. Um, because yes, you know, world, become world champion as well. Although, was that Braun? It was... Yes, so that was 2009. Free so, Mercedes, uh, yeah. Yes, Ross, Ross Braun bought out the Honda team. For, for, yes. Um, yeah, formerly BAR. And, uh, and just went straight in the start of the season with a car they didn't even know was going to be competitive. And, I, I, you know, a total joy. In a way, I suppose, like Aston Martin this season, uh, we didn't expect them to be... Mm. Um, competing for podiums but Braun bang went out and won I think wasn't Richard Branson part of that team as well I think he had maybe a hand in there what? you're right he sponsored he, he was sponsoring it and then went on to buy a team himself I think he bought Marussia and set it up as Virgin Racing but it didn't really happen for him it, it came and went really and mm. I'm surprised at that because you know he turned yeah. his hand to a lot of great stuff you got into Formula E after that as well, I think. But um, yeah, that's another one. Sponsors and their pet, pet teams. I mean, um, I mean, I know David Coulthard ribs Eddie Jordan about selling his team. You know, now they're worth basically a billion each, essentially. Yes. Um, you know, but he's like, well, yeah, but it's bloody hard. I mean, like, you got to pay the bills. You got to get those results to bring the money in. So that's why it all comes back to performance. It all comes back to the drivers. And that's why every driver has to earn their keep and sing for their supper, yes. drive for their well, supper. I, the Jordan racing team for me went because Damon raced for them at the late 80, late 90s. Again, I've had a soft spot and I think sponsorship, you know, whenever I see DHL, I see it as a Jordan racing car, yellow Jordan racing car flying by, you know, and uh, never forget it. But again, just to drop one in there, I got to do sound for Eddie Jordan's band on his yacht in Monaco this year. So I'll give you another photo. And, um, and you know, what an amazing guy, what a warm guy. He, he, he to me, is what Formula One need again. More rock stars is what Formula One needs. And yes, for, for characters. His team was the party team, and to get to party with Eddie was another bucket listing for me. Um, absolute joy. That's fantastic. Well, good. Um, well, uh, we look forward to more photos, and um, we look forward to your questions as well. Dutch Grand Prix preview. Um, who's going to win this Grand Prix? Is it going to be Max dominating, or are we going to see some upset from the midfield uh, because of the weather? So um, we'll keep you posted. We'll be back with a post-race 
podcast so you can check out our analysis um, of what happened um and also make sure you send in your questions and follow us at all the available channels that we've posted on but for now it's goodbye from darren and myself take care joe good to see you take care